Welcome. Today you'll be walking the same path your Lord and Savior took on the very first Good Friday. You will follow him from condemnation to the grave. As you walk, remember, he took your place. This was your path to walk, yet he did it for you. His condemnation instead of yours. His separation from the Father instead of yours. His death instead of yours. Walk in remembrance of all he did for you. From my knees in the garden, I cried out, My father, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. God took the cup of suffering. He took it out of your hands and gave it to me and filled it with his righteous fury towards sin, your sin. It was my father's good plan to crush me. It was his will to cause me much grief so that you might be saved. In front of a righteous mob at the palace of Pilate, the Roman governor, I offered my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who struck me. I drank this cup of suffering for you. I did not hide my face from their mockery and spitting. I drank it for you. I set my face like a flint, determined to do the Father's will. I allowed them to beat me so that you could be made whole. I didn't cry out for my Father's help as they whipped me so you, my friend, could be healed. Pilate condemned me to death to pacify God's wrath toward you. For you willingly, I drank his fury. Before you continue walking down this path, consider this. Jesus willingly endured the condemnation you deserve, the condemnation we all deserve. What does this tell you about Jesus? What does it reveal about his heart for you? Pilate handed me over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. But first, for their own enjoyment, the guards took me into the courtyard and called out the entire regiment to watch as they stripped me, dressed me in purple robes, and thrust a crown of thorns onto my head. The men saluted me with laughter, dropped to their knees in mock worship, and taunted me, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! With a reed stick, they beat me in the head forcing thorns deep into my face. When they finally tired, 
My appearance was hardly human, my body no longer a man's. Unjustly condemned, condemned for you, they led me away, like a lamb to the slaughter. And I never opened my mouth. When the soldiers finally placed the rugged crossbeam onto my shoulders, it was your sin I carried, your cup of suffering. As my legs quivered under the load on the way to Golgotha, it was your sorrow weighing me down. I drank it for you. Stop. Contemplate. Jesus, the Christ, carried your sin on his back. His legs walked the path to Golgotha under the weight of your sorrows. Pick up a piece of the old tree. Rub your fingers against its rough surface. Imagine this jagged wood chafing already raw skin and exposed muscle with each and every step for you. Praise him for what he has done for you. Along the path from Pilate's palace to Golgotha, I was so weakened that the weight of the cross became too much. When I could go no further, the soldiers seized a man named Simon just coming in from the countryside and forced him to carry my cross. In the same way, I want you to carry the burdens of others, to lighten their load just as Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, lighten mine. Only my true followers are willing to carry a cross. Follow me. I won't allow the load to crush you. With the weight of the cross off my shoulders, the burden of sin, your sin, pressed down on me with heaviness. Unforgiveness, greed, hatred, Envy, murder, lust, quarreling, cheating, gossip, backstabbing, rudeness, unbelief, pride, boastfulness, disobedience, gluttony, sexual impurity, perversion, heartlessness, lying, idolatry. I traded the weight of a tree for all of these, suffering within my own body the penalty for your sin. Your cup, I drank it for you. Following Jesus, is not easy. It takes considerable humility. 
the humility of a king carrying a burden not his own. Before you continue down the pathway, reflect on the following. How can you humble yourself before the king today? Four soldiers brought me to the top of Golgotha. The crowds following us filled the hillside. And there, in the presence of all Jerusalem, the guards stripped me. The four divided my garments among themselves. Taking my outer robe, they decided to throw dice for it, gambling over my dignity. Everyone who saw me mocked me despised me and rejected me. No one came to cover my shame. Your cup. But because I obeyed God and drank this cup for you, I have given you the right to be clothed with my righteousness, a righteousness not yours to claim. It is mine, and with it, I cover your shame. Stand exposed before God. Take a strip of cloth, write on it, the shame that has filled your heart and mind. Confess it before the Lord. Don't be afraid. He already knows your shame, but he does not mock you. You are not despised, nor are you rejected. You have been covered by his love. Consider this, if he really has clothed you with his righteousness, what difference does this truth make in your life today? But its implications free you. At nine o'clock in the morning, guards pierced my hands and feet, nailing me to the cross. They placed a sign above my head announcing the charge against me. It read, The King of the Jews. As the soldiers lifted my body up, the people sneered and said, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. The Lord could save me. All I had to do was cry out to him, and a thousand angels would have come to my side. But saving me was not the will of my Father. Saving me would not have redeemed you. There is no greater gift than to lay down one's life for a friend. And you are my friend. Two others, both criminals, were crucified on either side of me. One of the criminals hanging beside me joined in the mockery, saying, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. 
at us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God? We deserve to die. But this man has done nothing. Jesus, remember me. I turned to the criminal on my right, my friend, and answered his plea. I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. I stayed on the cross to drink his cup. I stayed to drink yours. Touch and look at the nail that held Jesus' hands and feet to the cross. It was not the nail's enormity or strength that kept your God on the cross. It was the vastness and might of his love for you. For your criminality, he suffered. Take the strip of cloth you wrote on and nail it to the cross. It is now his. He has taken it for you. What train of thought, past experiences, or false attitudes result in you forgetting the immense love that held Jesus to the cross? The sun went dark at noon. The earth was cut off from its warmth and light. At the same time, my Father, my God, turned his back on me, his one and only Son, cutting me off from his tenderness and love to atone for your sins. Abandoned, my God, abandon me. It was the bitterest of cups, the hardest to drink. But for you, I took it. For you, my friend, I drank it all. The weight of my body hanging from the nails pulled my bones out of joint. My strength dried like sun-baked clay. Melting within me, my heart turned to wax. Nothing could quench my thirst. My tongue clung to the roof of my mouth. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I am so thirsty, like a deer pans after water. I thirst for you. When I called out, I am thirsty, the guards soaked a sponge in sour wine, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to my lips. With wine still on my tongue, the Father completed his work, and I cried out in a loud voice, It is finished, and released my spirit. The earth shook violently, boulders split apart, tombs opened, and the temple curtain tore from top to bottom, opening the way into the Holy of Holies, into the throne room of God Almighty. Come, all you who are thirsty for the love of God, enter and stand before the King. 
It is through the torn veil that you may enter. It is under the covering of my blood that you stand before him, holy and whole. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what happened, he worshipped my father and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when the crowd saw what happened, they went home in deep sorrow. It was by the grace of God that I tasted the cup of death, so that my father might destroy the devil's power over death and free you from your slavery to sin. Lay your hand on the torn veil. It is the tattered and mutilated flesh of Christ. Without it, you would be abandoned by God. With it, you are gathered into the arms of the Almighty. Are you thirsty for him? What does it look like for you to act on the knowledge of this truth today? Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple because he feared the Jewish leaders, now boldly asked Pilate for permission to take my body down from the cross because the time for the Passover was drawing near. With Pilate's permission, Joseph came and took my body away. With him came Nicodemus, the Pharisee who had come to me in the cover of night asking how a man was to be born again. They laid my body in a new tomb, one Joseph had carved out of the rock for himself. Nicodemus brought 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. Lovingly and with great care, they wrapped my body with the spices in long sheets of linen cloth. I tell you the truth, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit of God gives birth to spiritual life. Don't be surprised that I say, you must be born again. No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but I, the Son of Man, came down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so I also was lifted up, so that everyone who believes in me will have eternal life. Do you believe? <laughs> 